back tomorrow Taking all that I can stand Throw the weight of the world From the palm of your hand Gather round the fire Together we will rise Keep your feet on the ground Keep your eye on the prize Good morning, this is Terry Phelan I'm sitting in today with Laura Elfline with, uh, for Dina Marie with Dina Marie's Lift Your Spirits. We're really glad you're here today, and we've got a lot of good stuff to share with you. Thanks, Terry. Uh, this is Laura Elfline. I am uh, owner of Mighty House Construction and Mighty Energy Solutions, providing sustainable building solutions. We do home remodels and help with heating consults and solutions. Um, I am also a very active member of the Northwest Eco Building Guild, and so Terry and I, as well as Terry is, and so we um, are here to share some of those learnings and, and excitement of what's happening in our communities. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, my name's Terry Phelan. Um, I have an architecture firm, Living Shelter Architects out of Issaquah, and Laura and I met at the Northwest Eco Building Guild several years ago, and we're both you know, love to volunteer there. And um, I think what really brought us together is our passion for healthy, energy-efficient, sustainable homes. Being an architect and then Laura being a builder, we've done some projects together outside of the guild and then done lots of stuff together inside the guild. Really, I think we both feel very strongly that the Guild is our tribe. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is that the, the tribal um, uh, experience. Yeah, the, the interconnectedness you feel to your community when you have a tribe. And sometimes those tribes are within your own family. You have a big family structure or you have college friends that you stay really close connected with and that's your tribe. Sometimes it's religious institutions and sometimes like for Terry and I, it's been about pursuing a common goal, and in this case, you know, green and sustainable living and, and homes and making a difference for our planet and the humans occupying the planet. And I think what we, we really feel like we do make a difference, and we want to help you understand how you can also make a difference. Um, and when we talk about our tribe, it's, it's a little different than you know, just a group of people that you hang out with, it really becomes a place that you feel you are able to dig deeper, and you're supported, and it's you know you're not really competing with these other people, but um, I think one of the the words that Laura's used a lot is coopetition. So we like cooperate with each other. We might have some goals that we're all working really hard towards and we cheer each other on but of course we all want to get there <laughs> right yeah yeah and I did not coin that term I think uh, a smaller group of longtime guilders did Doug Kennedy being one of those shout out and um, but yeah it's true it's it's if I when I um, provide estimates and and feedback and, and, and trying to get a remodel project if I don't get it and I know that one of my tribe, one of my guild friends did, I'm totally cool with that because I know they'll be in good hands. And there's other projects out there. 
Now, if it's someone else that gets it, then it makes me worried. It makes me worried that they're not going to get the same quality and attention to not only the building itself, but the, the quality of the building and the indoor air quality and the efficiency of the building. And it makes me nervous. But if it's to a guild friend, eh, that's okay. <laughs> so, Laura, can you think of a couple ways that um, people can kind of identify? I mean, not everybody's, of course, passionate about the same things we are, but they're passionate about other things. How do people identify when they are kind of in their tribe, when they've found their tribe? Hmm. <laughs> That's a really good question, Terry. <laughs> I think for me, it's um, knowing that we're all starting from a common place, right? That we have, um, and that um, it that the decisions that we're making and that the advice that we're getting is from a base found baseline foundational space, mm-hmm. and that when I dig into that advice and and proceed with it. Um, I find it is what I'm looking for um, because it's it's based in the same premises that I am excited about. Mm-hmm. Home is something that always mm. comes to mind. I mean, yeah. the the <clears throat> bigger idea of home and when we feel at home, um, I feel like that's, for me, how I recognize I'm in my tribe is I'm completely myself. I'm I'm supported. I'm, I'm uh, learning, I'm loved, um, and I feel the same way towards other, the other people. Um, and, you know, honestly, in the professional realm, it's hard to find that because there's so much competition. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so, yeah, the, the idea of, you know, maybe it's, it's a, a, other, a community Maybe where you live, maybe you live in a neighborhood that there's a neighborhood association that has you know the same goals. You you all want a new playground, or um, you all want bike lanes, or um, bike parking, or you know, uh, community gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, just finding that group that really allows you to let your passions come to the surface. And be used towards, you know, forwarding something good. Right. I think that's, yeah, to me, what how I recognize tribe. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the other things about having your tribe is, is that you're, you don't feel, <laughs> oh, I don't feel abused by my tribe. Right. You know, I am very giving to my communities that. I'm associated with the guild being one of them, and and um, I'm doing it because I it, there's this better good. And even though I will take on too much, I still don't ever feel like I'm being abused by it. Or I've volunteered for other organizations, and they're like, "Oh, Laura, can you do? It? Can you do? It? Can you do? It? Can you do?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, uh, yeah, but and it's if it's not <laughs> a direct connection. If it isn't your tribe, then you feel like they're asking a lot." Yeah. Sometimes. You can feel used. Right. With with our guild tribe, I don't. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's being supported like that is something that I think feeds us all. Right. It's it's, it's important for healthy um, healthy beings, you know. Healthy healthy families, healthy children. Children need to be 
felt like they're right. accepted and loved too. Um, of course, what <laughs> I mean to you, I you have children, Laura. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, I've got a dog. <laughs> <laughs> And a husband. Hey, yeah. that's a fur baby. That yeah. Works. yeah. Yeah. Babies. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, one of the things that I've I've noticed, um, my kids are very lucky. They go to this incredible school. It's a Seattle public school, um, but it's an alternative school. And uh-huh. so instead of it just being the school we're directed to when we move into a particular neighborhood, it's a school you choose to apply to. And then it's a lottery system of getting in there. I was going to ask how to if if it's a special school and it's a public school, how how do kids get in? Yeah, it's a lottery, so you you don't. It's not a qualifying thing. Mm-hmm. You don't get in just there because a, you're. It's in West or, Seattle, so there is a priority for West Seattle first. Uh-huh. West Seattle applications first, but then anybody in the city can apply to go there, um, and. Um, one of the things that I've noticed is that the school has a very intentional purpose behind it. And so the people that choose to apply to that school also are interested in that intention mm-hmm. instead of just being thrown to the closest thing. Right. And so it really provides a really strong community and a tribe for a lot of people. I don't get to spend enough time there to have really felt my tribe there, but um, uh I, I see it a lot in a lot of the other families that do get to spend some time and connect with each other. What, what's the school? It's called Pathfinder K-8. Uh-huh. So that's another benefit. It's a K-8, so the kids really get to develop right. through that trickier part of the, the year, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that middle school that, year. Rather than being split up yeah. when they're in fifth or sixth grade and having to find new friends and, and right. a new place and... Um, and that's cool. It's been a great fit for our family because they have a focus on land stewardship and being gentle to the earth. And they have they've had a community garden for years and they always do salmon explorations and re- raise salmon and then release them into the rivers. And there's all these different pieces that they really bring the kids uh, exploration and learning and bring them out into the community, too. So it's I I love the idea of community gardens with in schools. I think it's really important to teach kids how to grow food, mm-hmm. how to I mean how to survive and and where food comes from. A lot of kids in the city don't understand that you know food comes out of the ground and um, vegetables are grown in dirt and <laughs> and meat comes from animals that you you know you've right. got to go through this whole process to and what get they eat and what dirt those vegetables in are oh. in matters yeah and they learn that yeah that's that's really important i wish that all schools had that going on yeah i think it should be mandatory yeah yeah <laughs> i do too and i think that there has i mean it just as a side note i do believe that there has been a push at least in some school districts and some neighborhoods to to get more community gardens yeah well i it's about time to take our first break and um, so stay tuned, and we'll be back in just a minute. The door is round and open, and the river's open. 
Curious about whales in the Pacific Northwest? Orca Network's Langley Whale Center celebrates and shares the lives of gray whales, orcas, and other marine mammals of the Salish Sea. The Langley Whale Center is a project of Orca Network, a nonprofit that is based on Whidbey Island. The Langley Whale Center gives Orca Network the opportunity to have a public presence to share the excitement about the whales and marine mammals who are our neighbors. The Whale Center in Langley gives visitors and residents alike a chance to learn more about the endangered southern resident orcas who visit our area and about the North Puget Sound gray whales, a small, unique population of gray whales who find sustenance in the waters of Saratoga Passage and Possession Sound each March through May. Check out the Orca Network and Langley Whale Center on Facebook for the latest whale sightings, educational programs, and events, or visit orcanetwork.org for more information. You'll be glad you did. Overlooking the Puget Sound, Comforts of Whidbey is a family-run winery, farm, and bed and breakfast that is a perfect place to stop, sip, and stay. They produce artesian whites from grapes grown on their farm, as well as a few Washington State Reds and two sparkling wines. Their tasting room is a relaxing setting to have a glass of wine while enjoying the tranquility of Whidbey Island. For more information and tasting hours, go to comfortsofwhitby.com or stop by for a visit. You'll be glad you did. Elger Bay Grocery has been locally owned and operated by the same family for over 25 years. They're located at the south end of Camano Island at the intersection of Mountain View and Elger Bay Road and is less than two miles away from the Camano Island and Cama Beach State Parks. Kara's Kitchen at Elger Bay Grocery offers burgers, local craft beers on tap, sub sandwiches, pizza, live music, and free Wi-Fi for customers to stay connected while enjoying their affordable and family-friendly dining. Stop by to refuel the car or even treat the kids to a hand-scooped ice cream cone. For more information, visit elgerbaygrocery.com. That's E-L-G-E-R baygrocery.com. Or like Elger Bay Grocery on Facebook. It's always a great day at Elger Bay. Crabbing season is here. Stop by Elger Bay Grocery for all your gear you will need. They have licenses, pots, bait, and ice. Are you a beginner? Well, Elger Bay has a staff that can give you all the information you will need to get started. Happy crabbing, and see you on Camano Island. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Don't know where to go, which way to steer. Respect all. Give thanks for the day. We'll sing and we'll dance, we'll eat and we'll pray. Oh, don't turn away. No, no, no. Welcome back to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie, guest hosted this week by myself, Laura Elfline, and Terry Phelan. Um, we are members of the Eco Building Guild and own our own green and sustainable building focused businesses. I'm a builder and remodeler, um, and also sell heating products. My company is Mighty House Construction and Mighty Energy Solutions. And I am Terry Phelan, and I am an architect and the owner of Living Shelter Architects. And we provide um, design services and guidance for people wanting to build or remodel their homes or small businesses. Nice. You know, before the break, we were talking uh, a bit about um, finding our tribe and how important that it is to feeling connected in this crazy world. And um, 
and how Terry and I found our tribes through the Northwest Eco Building Guild. You can find out more about them at ecobuilding.org. Um, and then I was thinking about how that tribe just, it also means that you get connected into bigger and better and interesting things more quickly than you might otherwise learn about something through the media or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, recently, Leah, uh, who used to be the Built Green director at, uh, through Master Builders Association, and uh, some of her friends over at Climate Solutions reached out to me about these new initiatives around, um, around uh, homes becoming electric only. Uh, yeah. New homes and new buildings becoming electric only facilities instead of um, using gas yeah. as well. So electric only means all your heating, all your right. um, cooling, and and all your cooking. Anything that you would use electricity or gas for now would just be electric, and that's really because gas is a real problem. Um, Gas needs to be, it's getting more and more scarce. It comes from underground. And to find it now, they're fracking. And fracking is causing um, water pollution and earthquakes and all sorts of nasty things. We're not fracking in this state, but, I mean, we all live on this earth. Right. (laughs) And lots of the communities around our country are being severely affected by fracking. Uh, so can you describe what fracking is a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. Fracking is basically fracturing rock in order to get the gas out of it. Um, like I said, gas is getting harder to find. It's uh, natural gas. Now, natural gas and petroleum are two different things. They're both called gas, but what we're talking about right now is natural gas. And it, it used to be that you could just tap into that in certain parts of the country and... Um, underground in these veins like underground rivers and they um and then it it gets piped all over um through this whole network of of underground pipes well those are getting lower and lower so it's harder for them to draw out as much gas as is needed um so to meet the demand and the growing demand as we you know the population grows um they have started trying to get to the gas that's trapped into trapped in rocks, and in order to do that, they've got to break the rocks up. And when they when they um, do the the drilling that breaks the rocks up, they have to use water. And so what they do is they pump water from the groundwater to cool the drills that are breaking up the rocks, and then that water goes back into the groundwater. Well. It gets polluted in the process. Right. It's so big, pro- big problem. Yeah. At least for the people in those communities, which um, it's a really big problem. And then also, you know, one of the things that someone said to me recently, you know, in the process of doing this, they are trying to capture the gas as it yeah. escapes. Well, they're not going to be able to capture all of it. I mean, imagine putting a balloon over a really big crack. Like, you're still going to miss stuff and so some of it's just escaping into our atmosphere and um, causing more pollution right causing more pollution. water pollution air pollution just to cook our food and heat our homes and there's other ways to do that there is 
So recently, very recently, like in July, the uh, city of Berkeley in California actually created an ordinance that said no more gas heated uh, or gas in any new homes, apartment buildings, or commercial right. buildings. No more installation of gas appliances or, or gas piping to, to power those appliances. Right. And it's the first ordinance of its kind in our nation. And even though there's lots of other cities that are also currently looking at that, and I think Seattle is, is going to be one of those as well. We have a carbon neutral goal for, I think it's by 2030. It used to be 2020. But, yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's going to be a little hard to meet yeah. at, at this point. So they've <laughs> extended it. next year. I know. It's oh a few God. months from now. <laughs> So they've extended it 10 years to give some wiggle room there, but the sooner the better, because really a lot of the studies coming out are pretty nerve-wracking about um, our carbon emissions and what it's going to do to our environment. Right. Well, carbon is a big piece of climate change, mm-hmm. so we need to be paying attention to how we're creating carbon and find other ways to do the things that those activities allow us to do. Right, right. I think here in the Northwest, um, we feel even a little bit more impacted by climate change um, in some ways because we're so outdoor focused. I am a native of the area uh, and I've met, most of the people I've met in the last 10 years have moved here. And they move here because, sometimes because of jobs, but they choose to move here for that job because of the outdoor environment and all the plethora of activities you can do. You could even surf if you dare (laughs) (laughs) in the cold, cold waters off Westport. But, and you can do everything. You can get on glaciers, you can kayak, you can do, you can do it all that you can have to go all over the world to do if you don't have it all right in your own backyard. And, And it's being affected. I mean, there was a study this week that I heard about that Lake Washington is getting warmer and then that's affecting salmon and the ecosystems and we'll have more algae and nobody likes the algae and so then they take other measures to get rid of the algae which causes more problems and all the things, right? But if we were all controlling and focused on the climate change as a whole instead of the problems that are developed by it, then we would have a more equitable system. Yeah, well, and focusing on solutions rather than the problem which I know Dina Marie does in her show, which this is the Dina Marie uh, Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie show. Um, Terry Phelan and Laura Elfline subbing in today. Yeah. So I think, uh, so in Berkeley they've said no more, and it's a really interesting thing. I think some of the things they were talking about is, um, like Terry was talking about, adding fracking to that problem. So one of the solutions is that they're um, looking at just not allowing it and that by itself even though new building is a smaller percentage of actual buildings that are using gas the new building stock is a smaller percentage of that you have to start somewhere yeah Uh, it's the easiest place to start right it's definitely the easiest place to start because there's lots of you know as a builder I can say that there's lots of complications sometimes to converting from uh, uh, gas and electric home. I mean, obviously, we all power our lights with electricity in our outlets. So converting from a gas home can be tricky for some folks and super easy for other folks. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that switching to all electric does is it gives us more uh, more incentive to install solar panels 
um, which have come down in price. And um, you can still get some good rebates on it. So this is really the sweet spot for, for adding solar. And if you go all electric, then you can. it's a lot easier to reach that net zero energy place where you can um, operate your home without paying for electricity. Um, again, easier to do on a new home because then you can build it in a way that it's super efficient. And build in the infrastructure for that too. Right, right. I know we have a 1980 built home. It's uh, about 1,200 square feet and it's all electric. And when we, and we have eight solar panels. We have trees around us, and so it makes it really difficult if we're not going to cut down the trees to really capture a lot of solar gain. Uh, but I was talking to our installer at one point, and, and he said, you know, even if you did get solar all over the you know, one side of your roof that's facing south, uh, we still wouldn't totally get to net zero. Because you've got an older home. Because I've got an older home. I have a 1980s. It's there's several pieces about the construction of it between two by four walls and no sheet outdoor sheeting and all sorts of things that make it really difficult to make it uber, uber efficient without a lot of expense. And at some point, there's, there's a sweet spot when you're renovating a home between, you know, the amount of money you put into trying to make it more efficient and where you'll never get it back. Right. And there's, that, there's a sweet spot that we're always trying to find for families with that. Yeah. Well, and there there seems to be a little bit of stigma about electric. So, um, but there are ways to get around that. There's, it's really about being educated and, and understanding. So when we come back from break, which we're about to go to, we'll talk more about um, how to get around those perceived challenges and set you up for, for success. Yes. And um, again, this is the Dina, uh, Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie, with Terry Phelan and Laura Elfline today subbing. We'll be back in just a minute. And we'll howl out a tune, getting chased by the moon angel. Living Shelter Architects offers innovative design solutions for healthy and resilient homes, restorative small businesses, and mission-driven organizations with the goal of positively impacting our community and our planet. They strive to make sustainable design affordable and accessible. Based in Issaquah, Washington, they serve their Pacific Northwest clients from the San Juan Islands to the Yakima wine country. For a free consultation, visit livingshelter.com today. The 10th Annual Cider Summit Seattle returns to South Lake Union on Friday and Saturday, September 6th and 7th. This year's Cider Summit is celebrating 10 years by moving to a beautiful new location, Lake Union Park. Cider Summit is an over-21 event and is the largest hard cider sampling opportunity featuring nearly 200 ciders, cider cocktails, and even apple spirits. There will be live music, specially paired foods for sampling and purchase, plus a dog lounge. Tickets and event information is available at cidersummit.com. Aloha! Join me, Dina Marie, on the island of Kauai. Let me be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. 
You'll receive daily healing sessions and experience fun, interactive outings to some of my favorite places, sacred sites, secluded beaches, and sunrises that will lift your spirits. Go beyond the tourist spots, meet fascinating locals, and leave with amazing memories. Retreats are based on your schedule and budget. For more information, visit liftyourspiritswithdinamarie.com. So are you interested in green building, energy efficiency, and sustainable practices? The Northwest Eco Building Guild is a 501c3 community of builders, designers, suppliers, and homeowners concerned with ecological building in the Pacific Northwest. The Guild empowers people through educational activities, classes, and events through the year. To learn more on how to go solar, conserve water, lower your energy bills, and create a healthy home environment, visit ecobuilding.org forward slash Seattle today. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Stay up all night and we'll howl out a tune. Getting chased by the moon angel. Well, welcome back to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. I am Terry Phelan with Living Shelter Architects, one of the co-subs today, along with Laura Elfline from Mighty House Solutions and My, or Mighty House and Mighty Energy Solutions. And we're talking about today about healthy homes and some of the energy um, choices that you can have to help with climate change and keep yourself comfortable and more financially sustainable over time. Right, right. And we were just talking during break or right before break about how it is sometimes hard to um, retrofit an existing home uh, to be electric and net zero or uh, carbon zero solutions. Uh, and sometimes it's not like Terry was just mentioning that she, you know they did a major remodel on her home where she gutted it down to the studs, and so that provided all sorts of opportunities to really uh, take it to another level. And she, they you know they recently moved into it, so the data is still out there, yeah, still being tracked. But they're expecting it to be a net zero home with their solar array and and all the measures that they did to the house. Well, with the caveat that we did do gas hot water. And now, now that I know more about gas and the fact that you know, there are initiatives to remove gas from the equation for new homes, um, I think that's a decision I would have made a little differently. There's so much information that comes at us all the time, and to keep on top of it is uh, challenging, even as a professional. Right. I think one of the things that uh, I talk with homeowners about is that part of sustainable building is really being thorough about your thinking through your decisions. And sometimes you can't choose the most efficient or the most green or the most healthy solution for your home. But because you've thought it through and you've chosen something else because it meets your needs better at that time, then that's sustainable in itself yeah. and just really thoughtful. Instead of just going to rote of what you've seen your neighbors do or your, you grew up with or whatever, really researching and thinking through your decisions. Uh, you know, we have clients that install, for instance, decking material that is going to need a lot of maintenance and, you know, rot over time and 
be you know problematic for them and take a lot of their time and energy and more money down the road than it would if they were able to install something more efficiently maintained and not going to rot like some of the Kumaru Woods or company products. Kumaru. I know. That's a cool name. <laughs> uh, that Green Home Solutions provides, one of the guild, Eco Building <laughs> Guild members. But the, um, you know, sometimes they can't make that choice in this time and, and yeah. space of their lives. And, and that's cool too. And so, as, but as I think the important thing is thinking through your decisions. Like you chose gas heat because of sort um, of multiple families yeah. in the space. Actually, and, not gas heat, but oh, sorry, gas, yes. water heat. But yeah, yeah we, we built a, gas we did our water. remodel with an um, attached dwelling unit. So there's, there's two families that that gas water heater serves. Right. But um, I know, Laura, you've been doing some research into some of the, the problems of using gas in the home. Um, can you go over what some things that, that people might not be aware of that you know when they use gas in their home, what they're they're exposing the atmosphere in their home and outside their home. Right. I think you know just gas as a substance leaks, right? And yeah. so it's just going to leak at some point, whether that's outside your home or inside your home, and um, it doesn't always burn at its maximum efficiency if you're using it on your stove or as for your water heater. And so it can cause pollution. It can cause uh, pollution into our atmosphere and affect our um, ozone layer and have greenhouse gas effects. Um, it can also uh, pollute inside of your home and make your home not as healthy as I think we all want it to be. Yeah. And both nitrous oxide, lead, and formaldehyde, I know, are on the list. Yeah. And, you know, if you've got a really good fan, if you're cooking with it, you've got a really good fan over your stove, and you turn that fan on every time you cook, um, and your house is, it, you know, there's enough um, makeup air so that ventilation really works, it might be okay, but then you're losing energy because you're pushing all that air outside right um and they're you know people love to cook with gas but the new induction ranges yeah are so cool they cook as quickly and efficiently as gas but they use electricity right the only thing is you got to sometimes have to change your pans because right. they they have to be magnetic it, it it's a technology that works through magnetism right which is so cool yeah and it also adds, because of that magnetism, um, it also adds a level of safety to homes. A lot of the homes that we remodel are, you know, for families with kids, maybe kids mid-age, or maybe the kids have, are out of the house and we're finally remodeling, they're finally getting the chance to remodel their home. And they're talking about living in their home long term, you know, mm -hmm. to the end of life, potentially aging in place, aging in place right? And, and with induction, as soon as a pot is removed from that burner surface, it shuts down. And well, so there's a safety factor in that as well. Right. And also, the surface only gets warm. The surface doesn't get so hot that it can burn you. So mm, right. little fingers or right. people who are not as attentive as they used to be um, aren't as likely to burn themselves on the stove, um, which is one of the reasons people like them so much. Right. I did include one of those in our 
remodel, and I love it. I had gas um, previously in a, a, another house that was already there. Um, and so it was a super easy transition to go with, from cooking with gas to cooking on this induction stove. I was reading a little bit more about the city of Berkeley's decision to do all electric homes for new construction uh, and, and buildings for new construction and not allowing new gas into them. And one of the things they said is that one of the city council members actually had an induction burner and melted chocolate and dipped strawberries in it as like an example <laughs> of like how quickly induction works and how effectively it works as, as compared to old school electric uh, stovetops and, and, and showing to the community, you can get rid of your gas. It's okay. Yeah. You'll still <laughs> enjoy cooking. We promise. Uh, um, what other, so there's cooking with gas, there's gas hot water, there's gas furnaces. Um, right. Some people even have gas dryers, mm -hmm. clothes dryers. Um, there's, I think those are sort of the main things. Yeah. And gas, you know, gas. Uh, sometimes if they already have gas in their home and they're piping things around, they'll also extend it out to a barbecue. Right. And instead of propane. Right. Instead of propane. Um, so that's a convenience factor um, primarily. I'd say so with gas, hot water, we have actually we have heat pump technology for hot water heaters. And so that's a really easy solution for lots of folks. Uh, heat pump hot water tanks uh, are actually more efficient than the tankless gas-fed uh, tanks that um, we're used to hearing about. Yeah. Uh, there is a couple tricks to installing them. They you know, need to exhaust and intake air, and you don't want them intaking air that you've already mechanically heated. So there's there are some tricks to where they can go. Garages are ideal, unfinished Cold basement spaces are ideal, but that's not where everybody has their hot water tank. And so sometimes right. we have to do a little extra measures to make them function well. Yeah, yeah. And they're a little more upfront, but like most things that we've found, it costs a little more at the beginning. They save you money over time. Oh, substantially. And, you know, um, Laura had mentioned about aging in place and people redoing their homes for um, the long term. And, and we, some of the projects we've worked on together are, are that type of project where people are re going to be retiring and they're going to be on a fixed income and they want to make sure that their energy bills don't go through the roof in 10, 15 years. And if you're with on gas, um, you have no control. You have no control. And that's likely to go up and up and up. Um, right. On electric, if you're buying electricity, that will likely go up too. But if you can generate electricity with solar or wind um, and be very efficient with your appliances, then you can have a lot more stability and um, keep your day-to-day -day costs down. Right. And one of the things that, uh, you know, a lot of folks will say to me, well, we can't. We can't afford to do this remodel and add solar to our house. You know, mm -hmm. we, can't, we just can't get there financially. I think that with, these, with more communities turning to all-electric homes and pushing this, 
uh, so that you know we can reduce our climate impact. I I feel like more community solar projects will just have to develop. You know, there's been some in the city, but I'm I'm just amazed that it's not just blowing up. We did a couple of rounds at the aquarium where the community bought into a solar program there, and it helps offset their costs too. Mm -hmm. The aquarium gets to use it reduce their costs, but then the person who bought into the program gets benefits too. Same thing at Jefferson Park and Seattle Park System. Um, and I feel like there's been a couple more in the area. I just don't remember what their names were. I know that we're involved with a community, a net zero community of homes over just outside of Yakima mm -hmm. and Sela, um, Sela Vista Homes. And there are two community solar rays for that community. Right. Um, so everybody buys into that. Right. And it's a great way of expanding into solar without necessarily having to do it on your home. Right. Um, well, this is Terry Phelan with Living Shelter Architects, Laura Elfline with Mighty House Construction, Construction and Mighty Energy Solutions. <laughs> We're sitting in for Dina Marie with her Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. Um, and we're going to go to our final break, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hold on. Find your place in the world. Throw your dreams into the sky. Be my beloved, and I'll be your most high. We'll stay up all night. Mighty House Construction is a family business that knows a well-crafted, comfortable, and healthy home can also be resilient, eco-friendly, and energy efficient. They also know that a home that uses less energy to do more things is a home that is built right and will save you money every day. Mighty House Construction has been bridging comfort, quality, and sustainability in Seattle homes for more than 10 years. See their work and learn more about their process at MightyHomeConstruction.com. Need a weekend at the beach? If so, join us Saturday and Sunday, August 24th and 25th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Ocean Shores Convention Center. The Ocean Shores Body and Soul Festival is a full weekend with intuitive readers, healers, vendors, plus free talks and classes overlooking the beautiful Washington coastline. This year's donations will go to North Beach Children and Family Care Alliance. For more information, visit Ocean Shores Body and Soul Festival on Facebook. Lift your spirits this summer and join us in Ocean Shores. Longing for deep transformation? If so, join Lisa Flowers and Jamie Starr at the Lodge at Cedar Springs in Cedro Woolley for their personal transformation intensive retreat. Learn how to release the past and create the life you love in a conscious community. Say yes to one weekend per month for five months starting October 11th and change your life. Visit Personal Transformation with Lisa Flowers and Jamie Starr on Facebook or call 425-864-7145. Invest in yourself today. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries, you can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. 
Alternative Talk 1150. The door is round and open, and the river's so deep. All right, Kelly. Welcome back to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. This week is being guest hosted by myself, Laura Elfline, with Mighty House Construction and Terry Phelan of Living Shelter Architects. Uh, we have been um, talking a lot about um, electric-only homes. and I was say gas. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we, talk, we have been talking about gas and how not to use gas in your homes anymore and the, all the opportunities that are afforded us. I think, um, you know, one thing we didn't touch on is that there is uh, a lot of people talk about electric heat being bad. Right. And That's electric resistance heat. Right. Which is so inefficient. Yeah. So baseboard heat, um, cadet heaters, electric furnaces. Yeah. They're, they're not fantastic heat sources and they do suck up a lot of, a lot of energy However, the good news is that there's a lot of really great solutions on the marketplace today, and uh, including heat pump technology and infrared heat. My other company, Mighty Energy Solutions, sells uh, three different infrared heat products, and it's just an amazing source. It's not quite as efficient as heat pump technology, but it's a fantastic uh, hybrid solution with those. Yeah, and th those are actually really good to replace old, like if you've got baseboard heaters and you want to upgrade, you don't have the um, the infrastructure really to do a heat pump or... Or, um, or sometimes the layout of your home just isn't conducive yeah, to it. It right. becomes a super expensive solution. And so infrared is a flexible and easy way to get uh, electric heat in your home that you'll love. Yeah. And I think one of the things that... Um, you know, there, we've been throwing out all sorts of information. And we started this whole show today with talking about our tribe and how Terry and I are extremely involved with the Northwest Eco Building Guild and that that community has really been a tribe for us over the years. And one of the things that they do really well is educate. Right. They are. That's really their main mission is to educate people to create or to forward change in making homes more sustainable in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So you can find them at ecobuilding.org. And uh, there's such a huge plethora of opportunities upcoming in um, this fall. Uh, one of those things, we were just talking about community solar projects and how that could be a way of people offsetting the, their electric bills and really creating financial stability in their Life and uh, the Eco Building Guild is hosting a community solar event in Olympia as part of their Olympia chapter uh, program on September 10th. So that would be something to check out down there if you're in the area. Yeah, yeah. Um, the guild is really all over the Pacific Northwest, but um, Olympia and Seattle are the two largest chapters. So if you're in this. You know, listening range, I think uh, yeah. you can find a chapter near you. Yeah, and then Portland also is mm -hmm. a growing chapter. 
as well as there, we have a synergy with Sustainable Connections up in Bellingham, too. So right. we're really trying to hit that I-5 corridor really <laughs> solidly. You know, we keep trying to create a chapter over in Yakima, and we've had a chapter in Spokane before. So if you know peeps out there who are excited about green building and community, you know, have them reach out to the ecobuilding.org, and we'll try to help them figure out how to get a chapter going in their neighborhood. Yeah. Um, some of the other events coming up is, uh, when, well, in August, we always bring our tribe together and we have a potluck picnic instead of an educational meeting like we typically do on the fourth Wednesdays. Um, and so this month, it's on, uh, excuse me, August 28th, and it's going to be at the Wallingford Playground. Now, where's the playground? I, in other years, we've had it up at the, on the, kind of the upper yeah. Yeah, we've area. moved it around over the years. The Wallingford Playground is 42nd in Wallingford, essentially. It's right in the thick. It's a great oh. playground. They have good spots, picnic area, and then they also have a lot of um, great rocks and playground equipment for ah, kids to enjoy. Natural, natural stuff. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so north of 45th on 42nd uh, rather than up at, at the... Um, Green Lake. Yeah, south, south of 45th on Wallingford. Oh, yeah. how do I get my north and south mixed <laughs> up? Here I am talking about solar, and I get it's, my north and south mixed it's up. It's easy on this cloudy day where we don't <laughs> can't watch the tra trajectory of the sun. <laughs> um, and then following that, in uh, middle of September, September 12th, um, it's not an eco-building guild event, but it's an event that the Eco Building Guild is greatly involved with. It's actually hosted by Built Green. It's called the Built Green Conference. It's going to be up at the Linwood Convention Center. And I'd say that that event is often a little bit more focused to professionals um, it def, uh, or people excited to become professionals and get engaged in right. the green building. And at by that professionals, level. it's um, builders, designers, architects. Um, material suppliers, engineers, anyone really involved in um, creating homes. I think Bill Crane is, yeah. is focused mostly on the residential sector. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And many, Home inspectors, realtors. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And many um, guild members are also members of Bill Crane and right. are involved in the conference. I'll actually be speaking at the conference about um, the the uh, the. Net Zero community over in SELA. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my company, Mighty Energy Solutions, is a sponsor um, and has been for about six years or so. Crazy as that seems. <laughs> <laughs> that many years wow. have already passed. How, how did that happen? I know, right? So that's coming up September 12th, Built Green Conference. And uh, then September um, 18th and 19th, we're double downing on this uh, shift building symposium. So we were talking about, you know, shifting from gas to electrical. Well, there's lots of shifts that we need to be making in how we build our homes. And um, the shift building symposiums are focused on really learning about one particular thing. And in this case, on September 18th and 19th, it's focused on windows and high-performance windows. Um, the 18th is event is being held up in Bellingham, again, in conjunction with Sustainable Connections. And uh, the 19th is back down here in Seattle. And all of these events can be found on ecobuilding.org and to learn more about their locations and where they are and how to register for the events. Yeah, and there's, there's one more in September, the, the regular <laughs> educational event 
uh, the Guild's Seattle Chapters um, educational event, um, third Wednesday or fourth Wednesday. So Wednesday, the twenty fifth, is the youth perspective. Mm-hmm. So if you or someone you know is a youth who uh, is very interested in making a difference in um, green homes or mm-hmm. basically just sustainable or built light, environment built environment yeah that'd be a great place for them to come and hear from other youth who yep. are going to be giving their perspective right and is that at the it's at the wood technology center okay uh over in the central district it's a at the technology wood technology center is uh hosted by the seattle central college and is a great partner for the eco building guild yeah and then we've got big event in october yeah it's a keystone event for the guild it's our northwest green building slam and summit it's um the slam is on october 25th and think ted talks but all about green building and it's green building projects that have happened in our region and uh it's really an inspirational night. There's 10 presenters. They each get 10 minutes. And they really tell amazing stories about the projects and really can, um, I think, you know, it's held at Kane Hall at UW and, and there'll be like 300 people there and everybody leaves feeling inspired, which is really a, the goal of the night. It's yeah. to just really inspire to do better and, and more of better. And it's and it's a festive event. It's a fun event, and it is definitely um, for the general public as well as for people who are involved. So a lot of people just who love green lifestyles come to absolutely to learn absolutely. And then the summit. And then the summit is on the following day, and it's it's a deeper dive into green building technologies and case studies and really digging into the nuts and bolts of some of sometimes some of the things that they heard from about the night before um, and that's on October 26th so you can get links to all that from ecobuilding.org and uh, one last thing if you're a cyclist the eco building guild has a team hammers and spokes is what it's called Fun. it's for reach the beach american lung association's big ride here in washington the distances range from 100 miles to 25 miles and a couple of other alternatives in between. And it's a really great event. And you can sign up on our team, Hammer and Spokes, on Reach the Beach. Cool. Well, we're about out of time. This is Terry Failing with Living Shelter Architects. You can reach me at livingshelter.com. And I'm Laura Elfline with Mighty House Construction. You can reach me at mightyhouseconstruction.com. Or you can reach me at MightyEnergy.net and learn more about infrared heat. And I want to thank Dina Marie for giving us the opportunity to be on today. Um, This is Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie, but we took it over today. And I think we're going to be here again next month on the third Friday. So looking forward to talking with you again. I hope you have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you next time. (laughs) 